Hello and welcome. This is Elite Business Live, coming live from our studio in London. I'm Ollie Barrett, your co-host, and uh, you join us sort of hot on the heels of, uh, of a fascinating session with Sherry. Sherry, thank you uh, for that. That has uh, got us thinking. I was sort of, uh, sort of absolutely buzzing with questions on all things talent, but you've got some backup uh, sort of uh, assistance now, I'm very, very happy to say. Uh, thank you for joining me, uh, Naveed, uh, and indeed Andy. Now, um, first of all, Naveed Malik, now you're with an organisation we will all have heard of because it has just risen and risen over the last few years. Um, Monday.com, trusted by over 150,000 customers around the world. It's sort of a new, a, a new sort of... Um, I guess it's a new platform, really, isn't it? T tell us a bit more. So, so it's more of a... So, so firstly, thank you, and uh, great to be here, everyone. Um, it's, a, it's what we would define as a, a work operating system. What we're, what we're essentially trying to do is to streamline a lot of the tasks, a lot of the different types of processes and workflows that you have, and bring them into a single surface, into an environment which is more intuitive, which just makes life easier to work with and mm -hmm. systems and processes, et cetera. So it's, uh, it, it can do a whole number of things from that point of view. So, yes, it gives that flexibility. Now, you're not a paid ambassador, Sherry, but you're nodding along. You're aware of this good work. I am very aware of this good work, and uh, it has um, de-stressed and high-productivitized um, many people in, my, in, in the companies that I invest in. Um, it's, it's a brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. Right, well, you can't buy that sort of endorsement, so there you have it. Uh, Nathan, but thank you, Nabil. And crucially, you look after uh, channel partnerships across EMEA, so thank you very much indeed. Uh, next to you, Andy Wilson, Director of New Product Solutions at Dropbox. Again, everybody's heard of Dropbox, and in your own words, it's about a more enlightened way of working. It's gone way beyond storage, though, hasn't it? Tell us a bit more. Yeah, it really has. And thanks very much for having me here today. So, you know, Dropbox, um, hopefully a lot of you have got a Dropbox account and you've been using it probably more than you did in the last two years. Um, we provide a collaboration platform that really helps connect different teams all around the world to get their work done. But more than that, we've developed and kind of bought into new technologies like e-signatures. So we have a product called HelloSign, uh, as well as a secure transfer platform called Docsend. So we have uh, really, really built on that Dropbox kind of heritage to help people while they've been working from home. Yeah, and, and just so we flush this out up front, are you sort of, you know, uh, Monday.com Dropbox, are you sort of friends, allies? Is there a little bit of overlap? Let's just be clear. <laughs> Definitely friends, and there's, there's more than just a friendship there. So I, I'm an ex-Dropboxer as uh -huh. well. So, so there is. Uh, so I know Andy very well. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, we do work very closely together, and uh, there is an integration between the two. Right. So, so, so yes, of course, we're thinking about solutions. But I, I want to really bring us back to thinking about people and talent, because as we sit here, 2022, there'll be things about brilliant people that we always knew these sort of eternal truths. But what I'm very interested to know, Andy, is what is it that you have learned about talent over the last couple of years? Well, we've actually kind of started our own experiment during this period. So at Dropbox, we've adopted uh, a strategy called Virtual First. And that's all about having everybody working remotely. Uh, so we've really kind of bought into that idea of if we're going to develop products that are going to be for the remote teams to collaborate together, we should kind of leave those, lead those product truths. So in terms of the talent that we're attracting, we're absolutely looking for talent anywhere. Mm. And we believe that we can then hire the best talent in the world 
to really help us to build the best products in the world. And that's part of our talent strategy. So I've been hiring talent you know, all across the US, across Europe, to build, to build out those teams to build the, the future of Dropbox, which is amazing. So it sort of widened that net in that sense. It really has. And it, it brings a, you know, a, a definite equity to it. Nice. You know, previously, a lot of companies are always looking around their headquarters where they can find the best talent that's nearest to them, commutable. You know, a lot of the, us will have felt that in our careers you know, before the pandemic. Now, actually, you know, the best talent is the best talent. Right. We want to so attract it. What, what we should do is we should go to the edges of that on the upside, but also the potential challenges. But uh, feel free to change the subject completely on this theme, Naveed, or build on that. What have you learned about talent? So, so it's an interesting. Uh, so, so talent comes in sort of all, all sizes and forms, and I think the most incredible thing that's happened as a result of the pandemic is people have spent a huge amount of time. And previously, as you were saying, Sherry, that there's a lot of investment in self-development, and self-development in itself, and creating that professional edge that uh, that talent needs in order to to be different to your your sort of. Uh, 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 partner in, in business or alternatively someone who you're uh, competing for in the next role. Um, people really have taken that um, sort of opportunity to, to develop skills, to, to do something which they weren't able to do before that allows them to differentiate themselves when they're in the business environment. So I've, I've found that talent in itself has, that the scale and, and the, the, the quality of talent has increased quite right. substantially. So, so what has been um, your approach then, Naveed, to uh, how your teams around the world now access learning and development opportunities how do you approach it so 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 i'm i'm very so so i'm very intentional about personal development and and i make a point of making sure that our individuals that, that my team and extended members of a team use all of the tools that are made available to them so there's some superb tools that we make available as an organization um, there's a huge amount of knowledge out there, and I think it's incumbent on the employer, as, as we do at monday.com, to, to distill the essence of what's important for us right now on mm. our business journey. How can we make that content relevant to our employees? Mm -hmm. How can they access that easily? And how can they continue to develop and take those on as... as and, and, and just briefly, sorry to sort of geek out on it, but I find it fascinating. Okay. Is, is, is the learning provided internally? Are you using external providers? Is it sort of marketplace solution um, so, so we've got we, we have an internal and an external platform so we use uh, we use for example lessonly as, as our sort of you know mm -hmm. de facto standard but internally we, we mainly use Monday and Monday boards to be able to develop and, and to drive a, uh, a certain uh, role or a, a development of a, a certain career in the business. Yeah, and, um, and, and just out of interest, Annie, how on that, it does, does the enlightened organisation prescribe lessons and courses to its employees, <laughs> or is it, here's the all-you-can-eat buffet, knock yourself out? Well, I think it's fair to say there's, there's a, a couple of different options for you. So obviously, as part of your professional development, we're always looking at how can we optimise our teams and how can we give them the support to be better in their role. That's so sometimes we'll offer, you know, in terms of management uh, and leadership coaching, there's obviously those uh, skills available and sales training, obviously, for our sellers. But at the same time, we have lots of flexible learning, both kind of very, very short. And I think that's the big change for us is that traditionally we would have had people in a room for a day, not anymore. Uh, we're absolutely about, you know, how can we have that one minute, uh, sorry, that one hour mm. uh, of really intense, I mean, one minute would be very intense, but that one hour 
of incredibly intense, Don't valuable. give Sherry ideas. <laughs> this is a new startup brewing. But we really, you know, we really want to make the most of bringing people together. Uh. So, you know, how can you do your pre-work and then make the most of that hour together to really focus on a specific skill and really optimise for that? Right. So let's press pause momentarily. Sherry, your answer to my initial question about what you'd learned about talent, because you'd worked with a lot of talent before the pandemic too. What have my you learned? Yeah. Um, well, the world's what we make it. Um, I think there's an a, a greater need for mentoring now. And I do think that the tools that historically were available to large and small employers to, were not, don't serve the purpose as well as it should do, mm. which as an entrepreneur or as an investor is an opportunity, um, but it's also a problem that we need to solve as uh, as employers. Yeah. So you know, you know, you and I and I like you know you'd send them to a room. You know, you know, you just don't do that. And I liked your enlightened organisation. You know, the curation used to be much more important and used to be a, probably a burden or a responsibility of some of the HR. But in a large dispersed organisation that is growing itself. Mm. You can't really prescribe something, so you need sort of discovery tools, yep. but you also need the ability to say whether or not those things work. There's been an incredible proliferation, and let's say 95% of the stuff out there doesn't work. Right. So what tools do we have to make sure that the stuff that does work can be found exactly at the right time by well, our staff? So that. that they can do what they need to do. So right. that we can do what we need to do for yeah. our customers. And just have that feedback loop as well. Because yeah. presumably, Naveed, the truth is, external or internal, a lot of the lessons are locked up in the heads of our fellow team members. So maybe part of the challenge is, how do you help them find each other? Yep. How do you approach that? Because you're many thousand and, people. And do you do internal mentoring and external mentoring? You just mentioned coaching, which is yep. another form of curated help someone go on a journey, which is yeah. you know, definitely not curated. Well, I guess to a certain extent, you might have some people you recommend, but after that, mm -hmm. it's journey. So, so and talk about the integration with your learning and development, because I, I think the integration of internal and external services is also something that we now do, which yeah. we wouldn't have dreamed of doing in a mm. previous life. Yeah, I, th I think uh, that's, a, that's a really good point. I, th I think the one area we have kind of pivoted more towards has been that internal knowledge base yep. and, and creating mentors and that mentee relationship internally and really driving um, job specific uh, enablement programs. Yep. And I'll give you a great example. Um, so within my team, um, I have uh, approximately sort of between 14 and, and 16 uh, people um, across the, the, the whole of the, the, the Europe, Europe, Middle East, Africa uh, region. And um, getting them all in one place at one time is, it doesn't happen. So, so number one, how do I create that learning environment, those micro learnings that they can share mm. that are very specific based on the role they have, the location that they're in, to take into account any kinds of regional nuances mm -hmm. or anything like that as well. So there's a, there's a huge amount of balancing to do, but I find or have found that it has been served better through that internal mentorship type yes. of approach mm -hmm. rather than having an external stakeholder coming in to say, this is what we're doing out in the industry. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah, so, so really that's, interesting that's been most effective. Yeah. I think. But okay, it's still so bringing people together. Oh, and you probably absolutely. use platforms to bring people together and have a narrow discussion about a, a, a problem they're trying to solve oh, or an absolutely. opportunity. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, let me ask everybody a question, including the three of you. But... Given what's been discussed so far, what is the point of an office? 
What's the point <laughs> of having a physical office? What indeed is the point, please tell me there is one, of having physical things at all in this newly virtual world. So while you ponder that, and you tell me in a minute as we uh, keep some questions coming in, but Andy, you led with that phrase around being, I think, virtual first, digital yeah. first. What's the point of ever seeing anyone in person ever again? Well, that's not quite what we're thinking. Um, uh, but um, virtual first is obviously about us having that remote time and focused time at home to get our work done. But we're actually converting our offices where we had them, you know, in headquarters in San Francisco, in New York, we have an on-demand studio in London, in Dublin. Um, they're about times when you can intentionally come together mm -hmm. for a very focused reason. So that might be, you know, one, two, three days a month where you need to come in, meet with your team, meet with the people that you're collaborating with. But actually, it's all about, you know, that time being very important about when we are brainstorming, when we are working on an architecture that we want to draw on a wall, when we are coming up with new ideas. That's a great time to be with other people. But actually, you need that time away from other people to focus and then actually write the code or, you know, get in and actually think about the business plan that you're going to do that so to come about, back. OK, so Andy, forgive me. What about if I'm not lucky enough to enjoy a safe, peaceful yep. working space at home? I yep. need somewhere to go to have clarity of thought and just get stuff done. You haven't got that for me, or I have to go to a third space? No, so, we, so we've actually made it so that those people who haven't got those spaces at home can have access to kind of flexible co-working spaces. So we want to make sure that everybody has a working environment that's right for them. Because, Sherry, you must see this playing out in all sorts of ways across your portfolio. Where are the wisest heads at? I am a huge believer in virtual first. Um, and it makes a huge, uh, a, a big difference. If you think about companies, though, if they think, what are they going to do with this asset that they have, which is a big building where they used to make people come? Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, in a programming environment, we used to have a, a little sign that we put on our computer to say, I am in deep work. Please don't come anywhere near me because you'll break my train of thought and mm -hmm. then I'll have to context switch. And that's difficult. So and in, in our world where we're using digital, we have to get into almost a deep, you know, a deep different level to be highly productive. A workplace is bad. But, you know, I, th I, th I absolutely agree with you. I think, um, you know, the WeWorks and the, you know, the other virtual places are really important. It, um, I think most of the, the large organizations that I work with have changed their policies entirely. And we see, you know, young people who really need that, let's call, I don't know call it daily course correction, that A, they're hungry for interaction and they're learning all the time. Yeah. And, you know, the trick is making sure that um, people who have that knowledge, um, choose to come into the office alongside, you know, let's call them millennials who are working on something and feel deep uncertainty quite often because they're, they're not yet confident. Yes, because so that's you, my... You, you have, we have seen a mismatch. So I think coordination at a, a, a more experienced level and making sure that someone is there to be able to help people learn as fast as they want to learn is what happens in an office or, or in Zoom. But I, I have less utility for real physical offices. Often I love... You know, our meetings on Zoom, we've got people dialing in from Paraguay and from Switzerland and from India, usually in the middle of the day, um, because, because, well, for us. Huh. Um, and that is, it's amazing. And I love the fact, you know, it's, you know, it's like Avengers coming in from everywhere to sort of focus on making, you know, something highly impactful. That is amazing. It didn't happen as frequently or as often. No, you're right. And on, on a practical note, Naveed, have, have you got any tips, and you by can't the way? do that in an office. So what is an office? And we call them workspaces now. So what is a workspace? And does it have to be physical? And, you know, we've got a, a, a hybrid audience here. There are people sitting at their homes, probably in their pajamas. Mm. Uh, um, and, and they're learning. They might be 
pointing in questions that we might be reading. No, so, indeed. No, it's, no, no, no. It's, it's working way better than we thought it might two years ago when we convinced ourselves that you had to physically get together for most for most things. Right, and it, and it has changed. So, by the way, Navid, have you got just an intensely practical tip for, for someone who dreads Zooms and Teams just to turn a, <laughs> turn a horrendous experience into a much better one? Have you, have you got some thoughts? <laughs> I, I could be really glib about it, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you some advice from, from, from my point of view. So, so the first thing is if you, if you do... If you, if you are instigating or setting up a Zoom call or a, a, a virtual meeting, um, it's, it's be prepared and be intentional about what that meeting is for. Um, I find and have found that many meetings are often superfluous, not necessary. They're a great opportunity to kind of get together and have a milling of ideas, but no real decision coming out of the back of that. And, and I think it's important for people to, if they attend or put their time into a meeting, then I think it's incumbent on us to make sure that there is something that is substantial and, and, and deliverable at the end of that. So I find if there's something tangible at the end that's achieved, that usually everyone can come out of that thinking, yeah, well, actually, that was a... That so was a so let, let, let me tease you a little bit on that, because sure. we know, I'm sure, that some of the best conversations happen accidentally. They're the serendipitous corridor encounters as we went from coffee. Didn't expect to bump into you, but I'm very happy you did. Mm -hmm. So on Naveed's rule number one, how does that serendipitous coffee encounter happen? So, so, so within, within Monday.com, we have, we, we have physical offices. Uh, so, so, so we... Okay, and, and okay, that, that's an easy workaround, but yeah. in a virtual world. In a virtual world... What about um, your friends we, in so, Paraguay? Yeah, <laughs> so, so again, it's cool. making those intentional access points. So, so um, for example, um, everything doesn't have to be necessarily a town hall or a corporate statement or something that needs to come across. Um, it's, it, we can also create a fun environment for people to, you know, get together and just have a conversation. Yeah. We also do things like um, we create um, huddles, so virtual huddles where if you want to come in and do some focus work, mm -hmm. um, literally it's you can keep your cameras on or off, but you have an hour, an hour slot, so you can go online, and you can join the rest of the team, tell everyone what it is we want to do at the end of that hour, have you done it, haven't you done it? Yes, I have. No, I haven't. Because you're very good. Sense of accountability. I, li so I like that a lot. Makes that yeah. And, and, and um, Sherry, you're, you're a master at this, of designing serendipity. So if you go to a dinner, uh, if you're lucky enough to be invited to a dinner with Sherry and Silicon Valley comes to the UK, Sherry will stand up and say, you're sitting next to someone for a reason. <laughs> Thought has gone into this. I feel a bit scared by this. And it is your job to find out why. But th th there's, there's a thought underneath that, isn't there? About there's a lot of thought and a lot of planning. So um, in, in, there's no reason that has to happen at dinner. That was very nice when you right. make it happen at dinner. But what you know, we used to go to you know, a if we knew everybody. I mean, and again, we've been organising these events for 15 years. Um, we would think about we would ask the person, you know, usually the younger, less experienced one. Who do you, what do you need to get mm. to the next level? Mm -hmm. And you know, you generally know, and you ask that beforehand, and then you look at who else, who's coming, yeah. and you think, who knows that? And they probably don't know that person. And you sit them next to that. Now, for it to be interesting for the other person, you also have to know something about the other person. So I'm just going, my phone is doing mm. something really annoying. Well, I, I think to, to, go to, away. to Sherry's point, I mean, we've, we've tried to recreate those coffee moments. So. Yeah. For all of the senior leaders, we were, we, what we really loved in the company was having 
anybody in the company be able to book 15 minutes with us to have a chat mm -hmm. over yeah. a coffee? And we took that into the virtual world, but we then kind of used some Slack bots to do some matching as well. I was going to say, nobody's mentioned Slack. Matching. Yeah. So we would then use yeah. those kinds of technologies to have those surprising encounters that do help to nice. spark those really interesting kind of moments yeah. together. And I think that's important. But what we've also done to, to, um, to the point about, you know, these meetings on Zoom, is we created our own tool called Capture, which is a tool where you can record the screen in your camera. And we really then try and get rid of those meetings. So we really try and what we're trying to get to is this idea of kind of asynchronous by default. Mm. So instead of saying, you know, like we used to do, you can book the meeting room for half an hour. You can book the meeting room for an hour. It's like that should have been an email or a three minute update. Right. So yeah. just record yeah. that three minute update. So it means my team in Denver can then do that update for me. It can yes. be in Slack waiting for me live? at seven in the Why morning. is it synchronous? Totally right. brilliant question to ask. No, just, um, just one other please. thing on, on the, that serendipity. Um, often, if you're bringing people together in a Zoom and they don't know each other and from other countries, it is a, what are the things that you, know, you want other people to know that they might not know? So you can still do the icebreakers. It's not you know, quite the same as figure out why you've been sat next to this person, right. uh, which is a fun format. Right, no, uh, no, exactly. So on, on, um, on formats, questions uh, from here in the studio, please stand by. I will come and find you with a microphone. I'd love to see your hands if you've got questions, observations. I see you absolutely loud and clear. That looks a lot like Nicola. And I am uh, I'm coming to you. Uh, where, do we, where do we start with? Yes, Nicola Hill. Hi. Um, I wanted to just pick up on a point because I actually feel there's a bit of a, um, a contradiction in, in some of the things that you were saying, Sherry, and then some of the discussion on the panel, which is this need for developing of soft skills and talent that is lifelong learning, not, not built necessarily in school, yet we are now in this hybrid way of working. And I really worry for small businesses and young people coming into small businesses that have so much to offer. Yet because of the nature of the workplace that we're now operating in, they don't get access to those, you know, those old water. I, I just think back to my own career, like, you know, being 20 in my first few roles in, in, in companies, there was so much that you just absorbed from mm. being around the witnessing, witnessing yeah. that, that, that is that is so difficult to, to train even in, in the workplace um, setup or the the e-learning environment and in the Zoom environment. And I just wondered, what is the, what is the solution to that? Yeah, got it. So while you're thinking, let me see other hands in the, in the studio here, and then we'll get other questions online. But we're all right. Uh, Sherry, please, and then we'll go. Um, so I'm, I mentioned earlier that offices were particularly for the, the younger the younger people in a workforce. And I, and I was intentional about that. I think that is, it is really critical. Um, but there are things that you can do to improve a person's written communication skills and verbal communication skills. So um, one of the things that we do in our virtual world, uh, in most, I think most, if not all of the companies, especially the small ones, is bring everybody together in the morning um, and sometimes also at the night. And you verbally talk about what you're going to achieve that day. Mm. Every single person, just literally 30 seconds. And then at the end of the day, what you did achieve. Now, that is forcing somebody who might not otherwise speak in a day to gather their thoughts and to communicate with colleagues, but also to listen. It's a big water cooler, um, but they're listening to what everybody else is doing. And I think that that is one of the sort of adaptations that, I, that I've seen. But, mm. you know, the hunger for people to learn and the unfamiliarity that they feel when they've gone into a new workplace is, 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 is quite stressful. Um, I think Slack is really important, and I, I, I'm assuming that you guys use that. Your, you, I mean, Monday is collaboration and notifications and bringing people along on a journey without needing to be in a room. So maybe I'll sort of pass the baton over to you. But I think what 
you know, what you do allows, allows and facilitates that in a project-focused way and a, in a, in a focused way around a business's goals. But, you know, you know, it's, I don't know how many companies can actually survive without collaboration and coordination tools such as b what both of you do. I mean, you could think about, you know, yours, you know, a lot more than storage, but storage. Yours is coordination of people. Uh, if I think about WorkFinder, it's upskilling of mm -hmm. people um, that might not fall into project work um, or or collaboration with, yeah. with colleagues. Yeah, no, Naveed, do, do come in on this, but yeah, I've so, got so, five so, minutes, so I want to get one or two more questions. Yeah, so, so uh, and, and again, really valid point. The, the collaboration piece, the way that we see uh, Monday uh, sort of facilitating collaboration is really, it is the tool. It is, it is the tool that allows us to bring together all of the different components. But they, they need to use written communication and they can learn that written communication from other colleagues, often by observing at mm. the start. Absolutely. And they often, I think people come in and lurk for a while before yeah. they feel comfortable enough to post something. And some people get very stressful about posting and then some oh. people don't get stressed enough about posting. <laughs> but, um, so so, so the, the other thing that I also know is something that, that, that Dropbox do as well, which is that there is a, there is a sense in, in sort of with the tools that are around, what we're trying to do is simplify the ecosystem. And asynchronous. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think people get to this point where there's this kind of overwhelm of, of notifications of what's important, what's not. And, and to, to the point of the question, actually, in terms of a younger workforce, um, a younger workforce is used to being in front of a screen. They are used to seeing that, that whole kind of virtual environment. That's where they've kind of earned their spurs. So I think it's kind of, there, there is a, there's very much a place for the physical workspace to be able to allow that, that sort of passing on, if you like, that kind of transfer of more mature skills that you wouldn't necessarily be able to feel or sense if you were in a virtual environment. Yep. Um, we're seeing that. We do have a very, very young sort of sales uh, force as well, and, and they, they learn and bounce off each other from, from that perspective. Right. So Now, Naveed, forgive me. Yep. I'm, I'm going to jump in only because um, we've got questions coming through here. Um, how important, we'll get a quick answer on this, please. I'll come to you, Andy, first. Company yep. perks. Yep. As a small business, I don't have the budget to give my employees benefits, such as an in-house gym, lunches, holidays, uh, more like these big companies do. What can I do instead? I think it's about really showing that you can create a culture that really brings people together. Mm -hmm. Because actually, you know, the research is that those kind of short-term perks actually, you know, don't have the, the huge impact that everybody thinks they do. And having a great culture and colleagues to work with and actually investing your time, mm -hmm. if you are in that kind of a small business, in building the culture. Okay, got it. Building that environment. No, well, really want to dig into it. But in the interest of time, Sherry, briefly on perks. I agree with what you say. I think culture is a really important thing. And, uh, you know, if you're going to work, you want to be in a place where you're appreciated. And that is culture. It's not a perk. You can have a gym, but, you know, I, we mentioned Hugh, Hugh Laurie and how the media, you know, he's quite monstrous to his, uh, mm -hmm. to, to his staff. You know, you have to love going to work because it's a big part of your life. So the culture is that. And I think what small companies in particular do with culture is they make it fun. Right. Fun by design is something that we, you know, leaders need to need to make sure happens. And yeah. um, and that that is deliberate act. 
it's not accidental. A perk is something that you should make available to everybody. And you know, and you know, I think if you can get perks, I, I did invest in a in a perk company, particularly for small businesses. And I'm trying desperately not to give it a plug, and I'm not going to because that's <laughs> yeah. just wrong, isn't it? Um, but it it gave the tools that you large companies use to small companies on a platform, and it makes it really really easy um, for yeah. that. And uh, so it, it's important. But culture trumps perks I, I by some considerable degree. Right now. I think we're going to get beaten by the clock. But Naveed, do you want to make a final uh, comment? Feel free to build on perks, but tell us what tell us what you're thinking. So, so I 100% echo what you've, what you've both said. I think perks, are, are sort of the culture and creating a culture is, is important. I, th I think the biggest thing that we can do, which is probably the, at the least cost to most businesses, is, is to give... Um, our workers, our employees, our teams, uh, a pathway, uh, something that's transferable, something they can take with them. Um, I think there's a lot of information out there, but what, what is important um, is above a perk is how can we help you to, to progress your career? That's a bit of a double-edged sword at the same time because you're investing in someone who may decide thanks for that, I'll see you later. Um, but I, I definitely think that investment... Then they're, then they're of, an ambassador. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. No, and that, 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 no, that is right. And we should <laughs> yeah. redefine what it means to leave a company anyway, yeah. not to come all Absolutely. Hotel well, California, really, right? Yeah, you don't, really, <laughs> you don't really leave. You've still got the relationships, yeah. um, even if most of them have been on Zoom. Yeah, no, they're, they're, and do you know one of the Zoom perks, by the way? You can buy as much of something a month as you like, and you just bill it back to the company. Do you know what the something is, by the way? No. Does anyone know? Books. Yeah. Oh. There you are. Knock yourself out on books, real, physical, virtual. Bill them back to Zoom. They pay it every single month. Very interesting, Fantastic. Isn't it? Really thoughtful founder. Uh, loads more uh, to discuss. <laughs> Hannah, I am going to literally be listening into your every word on this. We've got a relatively short amount of time uh, to sort of cram it in. Uh, but um, wouldn't you agree, everybody in the studio? A fantastic uh, conversation. Huge thanks to Andy, to Naveed, and of course to Sherry Kusi. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. That, of course, is Naveed Malik uh, from Monday.com and Andy Wilson uh, from Dropbox. Very grateful. They're going to make their way backstage to see Hannah. Um, after this, uh, we're going to be back in the main studio at 2 o'clock uh, after our lunch break here at Elite Business Live. But thank you. If you do one thing in the time between now and when we next see each other, will you use our hashtag EBL2022 to just make one reflection about something you've heard, something you've seen. Uh, we might draw in that person that is in need of that boost uh, within their day. So thank you very much indeed. Uh, I will see you after lunch and I will hand back to Hannah Previtt, who's waiting in the wings. Hannah. Hi, Ollie. Thank you for leading that session. Wasn't it interesting? What was your biggest takeaway? Mm, I just wanted to totally take my panellists to one side and talk about what it means to be a part of a company, pre-joining, back to Nicola's point about marketing, and indeed over your lifetime. Because I think the days of joining, being there and leaving are gone. I think it all needs reimagining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I also, I, d I think that point about osmosis, learning through osmosis, particularly when people are in the early stages of their career, how you recreate that virtually, I think is definitely a challenge for businesses going forward. So thank you very much, Ollie, for leading that discussion. For those of you that are here with us um, on the live stream, I am now going to be speaking to our, our speakers one more time. Thank Sherry, you, if you could Mike. come and join thank me you. here. 
Um, one thing we didn't get around to discussing on stage was women. Uh, and obviously a passion point for both of us, getting more women into tech, more women into STEM. For anybody who doesn't know you at home, can you just tell them about some of the initiatives you've been running and why this matters so much? Sure. Um, so a number of the initiatives that I've been running really help, um, help women um, and men um, collaborate more with others and learn as fast as they need to learn. Um, some of it is about mentoring. So I spoke earlier about Digital Boost and Digital Boost is a, is a service that allows if you're a woman working for a small business and your customers just asked you for something, you're not quite sure how to do it, but you still want to do it. Um, you can go learn from somebody else in a mentoring thing that doesn't work in your company, works in another company. And I love that as a platform put together during the pandemic to help people upskill in digital um, when they're not quite sure what the question is that they have. So you reach out to an expert, you say, trying to work through this thing, they'll generally be able to help you. So that's been really fun. It also works for the, the people giving the mentoring because they have, you know, they like to help um, and often they work in extremely narrow roles and this helps them think about somebody else's business and somebody mm -hmm. else's problem and solve the problem, which is a nice thing to be able to do um, every once in a while, if not every day. Um, and then WorkFinder is for small, uh, small, not yet big businesses, but that are growing rapidly. And it helps the permanent staff there get their hands on teams of people who are only available part-time um, for short projects. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it helps them sort of solve problems as quickly as they need to solve them at mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, tiny, a tiny fraction of the, of the cost and in a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the time, um, which is, allows us to have the impact that we want in our daily lives a lot more easily than otherwise if these tools weren't available. Mm -hmm. And talking about mentoring, one of the questions that often comes up actually at this conference and at others I've been to is how to find a mentor. So if there's a small business owner watching and they think mentoring sounds great how do I find myself one of those obviously coming to events like this helps but you know is it okay do people get in touch with you on social media you know how do you how do you go about it yeah um, I mean Digital Boost is a mentoring service uh, so uh, the first thing I would say <laughs> because there's a lot of people who know a lot more than I do in again there's 55 different subjects that you can get mentoring in so I go to digitalboost.org.uk it's free you can access tens of thousands of people who are experts and as long as you can articulate what problem what you're wondering about then I reckon within 24 hours it's usually within three or four hours of you asking the question that we've got someone who's willing to talk to you within a three-day time period so don't phone me or email me. I mean, you can ask who to on Twitter. It's absolutely fine. But a real expert, uh, you know, in a narrow, in a, you know, in a subject, um, tomorrow I would use Digital Boost. Mm -hmm. But all jokes aside, right, when you're a woman like you are, so influential in your sector, um, I've had other women, senior women, say to me before, they get asked so many times to be mentors, to give advice, and you really want to give back, but there's also only so many hours in the day. So how do you personally manage that? I actually do it on Digital Boost. I drink my own champagne. As well. <laughs> uh, so there are, there's a narrow, you know, people ask me about hundreds of different things, but I only consider my expert in a, a couple of narrow subjects. So I'm on Digital Boost um, and I'm in, the, I'm not going to tell you what section, uh, but I'm in one of the sections, uh, strategy, you can find me there, and financing. Uh, and um, you, you, can, you, you can get there. You, you know, that's, that's how you get to me. But, you know, often, you know, Ollie or you or somebody else will, you know, often my own network asked me to help someone and there's you know this week there's been probably you know in the last 24 hours I think I've probably have seven or eight people in my network saying you know 
can you talk to so-and-so about this thing? Mm -hmm. Now, I will often go back to them and say, that sounds quite vague and I'm quite pressed for time at the moment. Um, what do they really want to know? Um, so often if you're wondering, and I think asking a specific question, if I don't have the time, I might know somebody who does know. And if it's a specific question as opposed to, can we have a coffee? I really don't like that one. Um, but I, I'm troubled about this. I think you know about it. Can you help? If I can't, I probably know somebody who can. And I think that's a wonderful thing about we can all do in our networks. If I don't have time today because I'm too busy, um, I probably know somebody who might not. And if they don't, they might know somebody who, who, who might be mm -hmm. able to help. And that's how, that's how I grew, and that's why I've been successful, through the generosity of others. And I've never been frightened to ask people for help. And I think if we can get over the fear of asking, of not asking people for help, then we can go a lot faster. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good bit of kind of practical advice as well, isn't it, about asking Just a direct ask. question. Yep. Um, and as a journalist, I get people wanting to talk to me all the time and having teas and coffees and all sorts, but I'd rather they just ask me their question and got it, got it done. Just in one sentence, how much do scale-ups really need to think about diversity? Because we didn't talk about diversity a lot on the panel. Obviously, again, something you and I are both passionate about. When you're growing your business, you just want to get people in the door. We hear about the war for talent. It can be really tricky. Should they be thinking about it? Uh, well, I happen to know that scale-ups are thinking about talent, and they're also doing things about talent. Mm -hmm. um, talent in all, sorry, and diversity in all its different ways helps us grow and it helps us be stronger. If you get into a bubble of people that look like and think like each other, then you're not going to go as far and it's 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 additive. So they are thinking about it because they're serving, sometimes they're serving um, underserved communities. And if you don't understand the community that you're serving, you're dead. And if you don't access talent that um, has those skills, because you're ignoring them, you've got an inadvertent bias, then you're not tapping into the exactly perfect fit of people who, who can help you do what you need mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. So talent is extreme. It doesn't come, you know, in, in different, you know, sort of colors or genders. And if you're accidentally ignoring 50% of, you know, one talent or 20% of another, then you're, you're really going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. um, and why would you limit yourself in that way? Mm -hmm. I just want the best person in the best place helping us achieve whatever the purpose is in, in, in the companies. And mm -hmm. I don't want to limit myself, mm -hmm. you know, at, at all. Broadening so, the horizons. Yeah, broaden your horizons. I love, you know, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, I have you know, colleagues on a call. They're from Paraguay, they're from India, they're from Switzerland. What I love in the last couple of years is I don't have to limit myself to within 10 miles of where I happen to live. Mm -hmm. How wonderful is that? And, yeah. you know, so that's a geographic diversity. But I think on a gender diversity, I want to make sure that there is a woman in the room. I want to make sure that, you know, again, somebody, you know, for all of the different communities that we talk about. I also, as an entrepreneur, have a, often have a blind spot because for me, the glass is not just half full. It often overflows. Um, so I make sure that somebody on my team just is a doubter and they see the glass not only empty but bone dry mm -hmm. and it's a re as annoying as it is at me because I'm too optimistic for this person who sees the glass bone dry and the other way around it's really important and both of us grow as a result of um, benefiting from the other's perspective mm -hmm. so it's important and every scale up needs talent more than anything and so it's risky to ignore any part of that talent spectrum mm -hmm diversity is key. Thank you very much, Sherry. Good to see you. It's been so good to see you. Thank you for sharing those pearls of wisdom. Time is against us. I'm going to have to get our next guest up. Thank you so much. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hello, Naveed. Come and join us.
here Lovely. please Thanks great to Hi, meet lovely you, to see you. Nice to meet great you to meet you so i want to move on now obviously uh, sherry and i were just talking about diversity uh, women in tech and i want to talk about mental health and you know it's been a really tricky kind of couple of years and we've got a question through from somebody about kind of looking after people's mental health and well-being when you yeah. can't physically see them yeah. and i think it's much easier to put a brave face on things isn't it on zoom because you can just kind of well in my case maybe not yours stick on a bit of lipstick and you know everything looks I don't know. <laughs> a little bit brighter but yeah how do you get people to really engage with that that process and make sure when you ask them if they're okay they're actually telling you the truth yeah that's, that's a brilliant question it, 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 it is difficult it is difficult to kind of bridge that gap between the screen and the person and I think being able to being able to ask questions where the respondee your, your, your teammate feels safe that they, you are a trusted person and you build trust over time in the same way that you would as a, in a physical relationship um, I think it's just building that element of trust and, and doing what you say you're going to do as well um, I find that helps to break down some barriers so if you can turn around and say well how are you feeling is that really the case build that relationship over a period of time let people open up to you I think small things like just a, a call off the back of uh, a meeting how are you feeling now how did that go which is not in the formal environment I find has been super useful anyway with with my team members and the people who I've worked with so um, I, I think I think also just reaching out to people who you normally wouldn't reach out mm. to um, it's it's a it's a really good way of connecting and just giving them a call instead of uh, scheduling something and making it as formal as a as a Zoom or a Teams meeting. I think that's probably the best way that we can all do that. Um, yeah, that, that personally, that's how I found uh, success. Well, really great advice from you there. I'm afraid time is against us. We're going to have that's to okay. move on. But Navid, no it was great Thank to meet you. you. I hope to see you again next year. Look forward to it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Hello. And last but not least, Hiya. before lunch, everybody's bellies are rumbling. So I hope you're going to have um, some, some pearls of wisdom for us. I'm interested in hearing from you about the role of the leader in all of this. Mm. So I think the cult of the entrepreneur is fascinating. I mean, we only need to look at things like Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos yeah. and um, uh, the tyrant that is Adam Newman. Um, perhaps I shouldn't say that on camera but but you know these kind of uh, entrepreneurial mm -hmm. cult-like figures almost yep. um, the leader plays a really important role in setting the tone don't they, they so in terms of kind of culture how do you see your role and others on the kind of leadership team yeah I think I think you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of leaders uh, so our, our CEO Drew you know founder created Dropbox from uh, from scratch and then you know he's still leading the company today they're very, very intentional about what they're thinking, and they're, and they're always thinking, you know, very, very hard about how the company can do more to support a our customers and b to help us to work better together. So, you know, as we created our virtual first strategy, which is all about enabling our teams to work remotely, you know, he really spent the time thinking about what's the right fit for us if we're going to build products for that future. So, I think, you know, as you mentioned, some of the people who get all the headlines, well, there's actually thousands of founders out there who are incredibly inclusive, who are really thinking about what's the right thing to do for their businesses, and you know. As a, as a leader myself in, in, in Europe, I'm always thinking about how can I you know, work with those individuals one-on-one, -on -one, make sure I put the time in, understand what's going on with them and how I can support them to do their job better and to, to make us all more successful. Mm -hmm. And people like it when you remember those little details and things, don't they? I think even in the kind of job I do, hosting and things, if you've taken that time to really kind of get to know somebody, yeah. it makes all the difference, doesn't it? If you remember their name or their pet's names or their kids' names, Absolutely. they really like that, don't they? Absolutely. And that's part of having those kind of more informal ways of catching up with people that we've put in place 
place with it. So, you know, we have a tool called Coffee Box internally, which is about having those informal kind of get to know your colleagues and anyone can meet with anybody. And that's great. It doesn't matter who you are in the company. You can have access to the most senior leaders to connect with them. And that's where you get that kind of that culture build and that ability to work flexibly with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, one final question. So we've talked a lot about the kind of skills shortages. Mm. Um, is there something to be said for sometimes thinking outside of the box when it comes to hiring? So not hiring somebody, you know, looking down CV and seeing the same, you know, universities or the same courses, the same, um, you know, uh, organisations similar to your own. Yeah. But actually thinking, you know, that, that drama graduate could be really good for a sales job or not. Um, but do you know what I mean? Just, yeah. just no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an arts graduate mm-hmm. who's, who's leading a, a part of a tech business. And I think that that absolutely says about, you know, great ideas and great talent can come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily about, you know, your background. And I, and I think that that's a really important thing that every leader, everyone building a company needs to be thinking about. How can they bring that diversity of thought, diversity of talent, of background into their business? Because do you know what? Those ideas are going to help to make, kind of accelerate your growth and really make things better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, well, thank you very much for sharing that with us today. It's been great meeting you. Thank you so much. Thank you.